0: Thank you. Hello and welcome back to part two. Guys, if you haven't listened to part one yet, please go back and download that. uh, Because, to be honest, this one's not going to make any sense unless you've done that. So, without further ado, let's continue with World War II movies, part two. So, moving on now to a film that Dan has put in. Neither Andy or myself uh, have had it in ours. And it is Fury. And yeah. Dan is furious about that! Oh, <laughs> I'm bloody furious about to watch it!
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey!
2: How dare you! Just get it over with. Just get it over with. I can't do it. Yes, you can. I know you can. He kills you, or you kill him. Simple
3: math.
2: You or him. Pick. Just Come kill here. me. Kill me. Kill me. Kill me. Kill me! Please! I can't do it! It's alright. Do it, norman. Do, it,
4: norman.
3: do it norman do it norman so um contrary to a lot of them it is it's the most up-to-date the most modern of the movies um that we've all picked i think it shows there's a there's a certain level of uh, filmmaking that could only be achieved with more modern techniques but uh, essentially fury is about a a company of tank drivers and specifically one tank and it's its components and a, a young man who's tasked with joining their little their little gang um, it's a pl- pretty close-knit group and um, we talked about bands of brothers before you could you could definitely say that these guys are a, a group of brothers and this young lad who comes in yeah. and how they Uh, march across the Western Front basically Um, as they they go from place to place they all all live in the tank you know and it's it's set right near the end of the uh, of the war so there's a few times where they get attacked and then at a certain point the Germans uh, surrender right near the very end but before that um, a lot hits the fan shall we say um, yeah. Specifically, a lot hits the tank. Now, this is the reason I put this on the list, <laughs> um, is it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty brutal film. It is it really is it grimy is really and dirty and filthy, and yeah. you feel like oh. you have been rolled in the mud afterwards. There's one um,
1: point just to jump in, that right, yeah. really set the turn for me when they're in a tank, and obviously that's the opening, and there's just the remains of someone's face in yes. the tank and I was like whoa yeah, yeah. I've never seen that before At and one then point, there's a, a, a dead a, body yeah the tank rolls over a body yeah. that's in a di- like a ditch and this is within the, the first five or ten minutes yeah. it when sets the they, turn, they
3: just probably. had a battle and they're all kind of congregating in this one place and there is a tank almost that has kind of a, a scoop on it like a snow plow and it's literally just rolling the bodies yeah. into a pile mm. um, after this battle so it's, it's, a, it's, it's quite stylized. It's by David Ayer, and he, he has a very stylistic eye. Uh, some of his films, I think, are incredible, others less so, but he definitely has an eye for, for a shot. Yeah. Um, and by all accounts, when they were filming this, they, they all of the actors, some great actors in there, guys who I think generally are, are underrated. Um, so you've got Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, Michael Peña, yeah. John Barenthal and then the young guy, uh, Logan Lerman is the young guy that then joins them. Uh, and they all live together. So they, they, they actually kind of formed this bond as they were filming. And so a lot of their kind of interactions are very, very real. Um, it is completely caked in mud. Um, right. There are some beautiful shots in it, some great sequences. There's a sequence where they the tanks are attacking through a field. So they're crossing I find a
0: field. this incredibly interesting, actually. Like, I'm glad that you've brought this up, because I think this would be easily overlooked in the film. But it's a very, like, I think most people, if they just think about tank warfare, yes. they think of, well, it's, it's, a, it's a hard-to-penetrate thing yes. with a very big weapon. Yeah. So, yeah, you just roll around shooting at stuff. Well, yeah. actually, a lot of tactics involved. Oh. Yeah, it's very interesting. Because well, you, you feel it.
3: that when you're playing in a tank in a video game, which is the nearest we'll ever get, fingers crossed, in our lifetimes to being in a tank. It very much is that you yeah. have this big wieldy beast and you just blow stuff up. There's was, unlimited a limited ammo. Where some it's, of the strongest stuff in the movie, bad.
1: I thought, was that yeah. mechanics of really good, living in there, right? really, really, interesting.
3: and and the, the, yeah. there's tracer. What I really like films that have tracer rounds because it, it, you know, shooting mm. a, a gun is one thing, and you literally kind of get a focus on the person shooting and the person receiving the bullet. That's the wrong word. Getting hit by a bullet, whereas. When you get trace arounds, you, you actually see where this crossfire is going. Yeah. So there's, some, there's some really beautiful imagery. Uh, and you're right. I think the interplay between these tanks as they're,
1: they're battling is, is really strong. I don't think there's one tank v. tank sequence. That yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that done more successfully in a film ever. I don't think I've seen that many tank battles per se. But this no, one it's very like unique in that. I've you do get a bit
0: in, uh, in Band of Brothers. Right. A, yeah. a lot of the tanks, times... Tanks haven't been around now. No. like don't forget in World War yeah. One oh, there was, was the rudimentary at best yeah but there was a a horseback cavalry charge yeah. in World War One yeah. like imagine that yeah. <laughs> up against yeah. tanks yeah. It, they literally were up against tanks they all got yeah. masked.
3: A, a lot of the time you see one tank blowing up a building or so so yeah, you, yeah. Don't what, these, you don't often see tank, these smaller tank, kind, I mean, of yeah, kind of kinds of tanks means, yeah, yeah I, I it is one of the more enjoyable films for its action so there's a
0: little yeah, I, 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 and it's bang up to date like, it's so more
3: it is, a, it's
1: more approachable
3: yeah it's more way. accessible yeah no, definitely so accessible and certainly the, the final the final fight uh if you haven't seen it go see it it's great but again it's, it's not a, netflix, it is on netflix yeah. yeah it's not a huge spoiler but they get to a point where they the tank breaks down and they basically have to fight off waves of of nazis And they have to kind of pretend that they're not there. And it's this kind of final battle of of sorts. And that is a trudge. It is tough. But again, the mechanics of how it works, it it is really interesting to see this group of guys kind of working through how they're going to get through. Slightly unrealistic, but... I don't know.
0: I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I really enjoyed the film. Okay. I, I think that the... Uh, yeah, I am interested to hear what you guys think so, about it, because
3: I don't know if you've seen it before. it was never a seen late. it before. So
0: I had seen it before. Okay. I'll, I'll be honest. David Ayer yeah. produced or directed my least favourite war film of all time, um, which, uh, to be fair, is probably not so much about the film as about the politics behind it. He did um, U571. Okay. Ah, yeah, 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 Which uh, is yeah, like a really Americanized or American washed um, something that actually some uh, British uh, soldiers did, and they were all from Leeds. Which, uh, in case our listeners don't know, is where us three are all from. But there was a uh, the Leeds pals uh, did everything that you see in U five seven one, and yet it's made out to be all Americans. So anyway. Regardless of that, so basically, I hated the guy, David, Edson, <laughs> and came to Fury thinking I was going to hate it, and really enjoyed it. I thought that the film was uh, was gripping. It's a it's a good spectacle, um, and 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 I like it a lot. the 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 downside of it for me is that I think it it does a bit too much of saving Private Ryan without bringing enough of its own stuff to the table and also there are times where i feel like they seem not uh really ill disciplined like they make the characters very ill disciplined for a for a group of soldiers particularly of that time and uh, whilst i don't want to get too bogged down in like historic historical accurateness um, like the way that they speak directly to some of the officers um, is, is sort of contrary to a lot of you know the sort I think of that was writing. one thing about I had an time. issue with
1: as well. I mean, I, I liked the film. Yeah. Um, on a very kind of superficial level of enjoying it, of, of yeah. Being it looks perfect. good. Does looks it looks gorgeous. Great. I had, weirdly, I also have issue with David Ayer coming into it as well. I think um, I think Suicide Squad had just happened and I remember yeah. you almost yeah. hear a couple of interviews and you're just like, hmm, you don't seem great. But, you know, you put that aside like you do with a Mel Gibson movie kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think he was responsible for I think he was interviewed as saying, fuck Marvel or something like that. So I obviously instantly <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Oh, um, I like him well, a bit more. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he seems like a really cool guy. But... Um, I would say of all of the films, this was probably my least favourite of all of them. Okay. But that's not to say I hated it or anything like that, but I would say whereas with some of them I had to think about what I did I had to really search for what I didn't like about Grave of the Fireflies, which was yeah. very little. Yeah. With this, there were some things that was like, "Oh, I don't like that. Instantly. Sure. As beautiful as it was, there was some music cues that I felt were really heavy handed. I was just like, oh, we're going into like a choral score now. Yeah. Okay, that's that's quite jilting. I thought Jen, John Bernthal was brilliant in it. There's a sequence where... He's
3: pretty brutal. He's, yeah,
1: he's very unhinged. Yeah, he's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. And he's an actor that I think is almost one of those actors to watch. Yeah. There's a sequence when they go into like a living room and yeah. they're all there and it's like, oh, don't want him in there. Yeah. That's the best scene that to the whole film. That is the most unbelievable yeah. scene. That's the best scene in the film. I've with the two guys. Where the girl oh, yeah, is yeah. there. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's
0: amazing. And you, like, you feel like he's going to rape her at any
1: second. Yeah, yeah. so that scene i was like this film's fantastic like i'm yeah. really liking this then I, I did have issues with the brad pitt character some of his decisions i was like hmm your yeah, hubris you has murdered your unit that's what this is but you then you literally see, murdered your well, unit, I know, unit but you but see wait, that wait, in But so so that there was Prime one Ryan second where attacking one that, second that. so there was one point then that he's done that and that's fine because that's his character but then the way the film then almost was like gave him this really like poetic slow yes. motion death that pissed me off man i was like <laughs> no, no there no, is no, you doubt, there's that. no
0: doubt about it this film glorifies yes it's more, the glorification more than any other yeah sure i think that they would get that. away with saying that it's not glorified because they show gore and i think those two things can be separated they've they've shown gore and it's shocking, yeah. but they show it in a, not, not all the time, but in parts, in a glorified way. While well, Saving Private Ryan showed it in a shocking way. Yes. Now that could be because it came first, and so now we're less shocked by it, possibly. But having re-watched Saving Private Ryan last night and was still shocked, I don't think it is.
3: Yeah, I, I think there's there's an artistic decision there to do things like that. I think David Ayer himself, he, he basically trades on, um, on kind of slightly vicious male archetypes. Yes. He all of his Obviously films. Obviously, some
1: of Generally, in, yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, and that, that may, I, I believe, he's a former police detective or something like that. Really? And he's a
0: badass in real life. Yeah, so he's, I a, yeah. he's.
3: So I, I think a lot of that will reflect. David, a lot If you're of listening, I
0: didn't mean anything I said about. <laughs> <you bought laughs> one, it's great. I did. (laughs) Dave's your
3: biggest fan. Uh, I think that he—that's what he specializes in. Um, Whether those most of the time that is going to be police forces. He's done quite a few um, focused around police detectives, but he did End of Watch. He did End of Watch. Yeah, yeah. And and Street Kings,
1: I really liked as well. Street Kings is really good. Yeah,
3: and so and he basically plays with that. And his least successful work is when he's been played outside of that. But he's played with that within the confines of this. So I, I agree. I don't think there's there's not many of them that are likable. I didn't really have a problem at all with, with Brad Pitt. I kind of know what you mean. There's a slight Hollywoodization of that. that. Well, it was just yeah, the so, way that he was so made so killed enough, and the way they shot I was, celebration. I was
0: bringing up Saving Private Ryan and how there's a moment where Tom Hanks uh, ha- makes this awful decision, objectively speaking, bad decision, yes. to attack a machine gun. And that's when uh yeah, Jimanu, Jimanu, Kieranu, Kieranu Rubisi, so that's where he dies. At that point, you then have the consequences for Hanks. Right. He starts to lose his unit. They start to turn on each other. Yeah. Um, and because of a bit of personal disclosure and the fact he's a great leader, he yeah. brings them back round and they go, shit. We've, I've, I, he basically says, look, okay, I f- this, but we need to keep going. We need to yeah. get through this. Yeah and and he gets them back. When the same choice gets made in Fury, it's the blazing, glorified yeah. end. Yeah,
1: and it doesn't... If, it, if it in some way... There could have been one line of dialogue that would redeem it for me, but it was just like, oh, no. Yeah. I felt like the director believed that, yeah. and I was like, oh, I don't like that.
0: It was a kick-ass scene, wasn't it? Like, I can I can understand why, as an editor, you'd be editing it thinking like, this is mm. fucking
3: amazing, yeah. and and to be honest, yeah. of of most of the films that we've chosen, this would
0: probably be top of the ones that I would rewatch. You know what? Frank, I can understand Frank, that. If it wasn't a World that. War Two, oh epic, yeah.
1: If it wasn't a World War Two yes. epic,
0: you'd be going, "That was amazing." If it was
1: like you know a fantasy, <coughs> exactly. It was, it was just Shun- the, the the music thing. I was like, mm, I didn't. That's just a decision that you've made, but yeah, yeah it's that glorification at the end. I was like, uh. I, I feel, I feel like David A has got a great film in him still to come. Yeah, and that's that's sort of what I'm waiting for, and he's already done some great stuff.
3: Yeah, I, so yeah, I think just to kind of fin- I, I finish off a little yeah. bit, I I, sure. I hear what you're saying, and, and I and I understand. I think there's two sides to it in terms of comparing Saving Private Ryan. It does a lot of what Saving Private Ryan did do, and I think to a certain point, you're kind of saying. There's a negative for it, copying it, and then also a negative for it, not doing what Saving Private Ryan does. There's, there's there's two sides to it. And yes. That's my oversimplification of what you no, said. No, no, I, I, I get that. But you I get what I mean. That, yeah. Um, but I personally think some of the things that it didn't do to Saving Private Ryan did do, I appreciated in its own unique way. Yeah. And some of the stuff that it followed on from Saving Private Ryan for a slightly yes. more modern audience, yeah. I also appreciated. So... Yeah. I put it and you're like,
0: right, it's an easier watch. If someone yes, was saying, like, I'm, watch, not, I'm, not, I'm not madly in the mood for a war film, right or I'm not madly in the mood for a heavy film right now, of all our films, that's probably the yeah. ones to watched.
3: Yeah. And I think as far as, uh, we've talked about this for a few of them, as far as an emotional undercurrent goes, and, and to what you grasp uh, as, an, as an emotional core to feed you through the entire movie, if you're not grasped by their relationship quite so strongly, there isn't really much else to get hold of. Yeah. And then it just becomes more of an action movie. Whereas something like Hacksaw Ridge, you have more of the emotional stuff to kind of connect with earlier. Um, So part of it depends on whether you connect with them. For me, it is. I'm glad that it's it's bottom of my list, pretty much.
1: allowed us to talk about it and watch it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
3: I think it's a film that doesn't get talked about that much. I think a lot of people that see it will generally go, yeah, cool. Fury. Some action in.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think Fury is the. <laughs> this is about to be so rude i am not describing you but i think it is the non-thinking man's go-to <laughs> war film Do i mean you know if what I you mean? look at our lists
1: yeah i mean i would
0: say if you go yeah, to Joe blogs on the street and read out, the they're name not going to watch Downfall or yeah, great exactly.
1: Fireflies. They're, well, they're going to be well up for Fireflies. And fuel. we've talked about some of them that we're not going to watch. Because it's a sexy time, tank so. movie with sexy Brad Pitt in it. You that know, is that's sexy. Dude. He is sexy. Yeah, he's got great hair. Yeah, he's got great hair, like Andy, like, like me. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie
0: swiftly and on. on. <laughs> Let's right. talk about some other handsome men instead. Right. So, moving on, the next film again only had one vote from myself, the <laughs> Pianist. I'm just wondering did, had hmm. any had both of you seen The Pianist before never seen it never watched seen it, it for this show and uh, I, I'd watched it a long time ago yeah. I honestly couldn't remember much of it okay so, that's so I rewatched it because funnily enough I had watched it a long time ago couldn't remember much of it but as is my uh, way of doing things for this podcast I like to go based on memory not yeah. watch a bunch of new films from it and I remember having been so profoundly impacted by this film the big hesitation that I had was, yeah. is this a Holocaust film or is this a
1: war film? I didn't want it's to get funny one. Okay. bogged okay. down it, uh, There's It's definitely... on the same scale as A Grave of Fireflies yes. for yeah. me, which I had, no, weirdly, I had no issue with Grave of Fireflies. And with this, I, I, I was struggled more with, gosh... Like, maybe it's a Survivor story, there. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, that, yeah. it's the Survivor's story, and because it's the Survivor's story, that informs a lot of the narrative directions of mm. it, which, I mean, we'll talk about it, I suppose. But yeah, I'd never seen it, and um, I enjoyed it a heck of a lot. Um, absolutely, I did. Um, I think there was maybe the odd thing here and there that I wasn't crazy about, but mm. nothing. There was certainly nothing I was like, I don't like yeah. that. I think... It was long, I think it was probably over long for me, but I also felt, again I keep saying meat on the bone there was a heck of a lot yeah. of meat on the bone in terms of interesting portrayal of a Nazi, first of all that comes quite late in the film mm-hmm. um, Brody's performances one of the best and finest performances of all yeah. of these films I It was felt a great like. performance well yeah. it was man like, such a pleasure to watch It was
3: an interesting rewatch, and I, as far as categorization goes I think we've all agreed that you know, we don't want to steer too heavily and I have no issue with on it. the categorization yeah. Yeah. So it's totally fine as World War Two movie. Um, Dave, do you want to set it up? Yes. Sure. A little so, bit for those that haven't seen it.
0: Again, this is uh, based on true story, so it's it's actually I think from the autobiography um, of uh, uh, Vlad uh, Spielman. And he is a pianist. Uh, and he's a Polish-Jewish pianist that plays on the radio. So, um, he lives in Warsaw as World War II begins. It takes you all the way through um, Spielman being forced to uh, wear a, a Star of David on his clothing and his family. It shows them all being forced into the ghetto. Um, his family is, is taken away during um, Operation Reinhard, which is when uh, essentially all the Jews were, were rounded up and sent off to various concentration camps. Um, but because he is so well-known in, in Warsaw, uh, he has friends in moderately high places mm-hmm. who uh, essentially Harry get, get him in safety. They, they sneak him away. or But they don't sneak him away, they sneak him back into Warsaw. Yeah. And he is then helped by various uh, Polish uh, citizens, uh, just civilians, hiding him from the Nazis. Uh, there are good and bad uh, people in, in terms of the, his, his civilian uh, help. Uh, and it goes all the way through till uh, the concentration camp prisoners are released. Um, and yeah, it's, it's mainly yeah. about him hiding. Uh, throughout, yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's a, a survival story. Mm, yeah, um, but basically. I mean, you see some bad shit go down. You know, like you see um, how systematically the Jewish people Oof, yeah. were, were sort of—I uh, don't know what the what the word is really—but but degraded, see, degraded, yeah, yeah, yeah. dehumanized, dehumanized yeah. Yeah. dehumanized, yeah, right. And how very slowly but surely they're. Rights were taken away, and when I think it's it's very easy for people to think about now uh, what happened in the Holocaust and say yes. how could anyone allow it to happen, but it was a it was it was very intelligently thought through by the Nazis and yeah. how can they get away with this? How can they do this slowly enough? Yes, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's that slow realization. This is this. It's uncomfortable viewing all the way through as as Hitler's final solution is starting to take shape and you're like and you've got characters that are um, talking and it's like you know what's coming but they don't and it's it's horrendous you know because you're like oh it's only going to get worse one of the things
0: that I'm most impressed by and it's it's a directorial thing it's directed by Roman Polanski obviously there are there are there's a big conversation to have around Roman Polanski but this was essentially the film that brought him back into the the mainstream after fleeing from america and uh for, for his crimes uh but this is a um an inc- i mean yes it's long but he's done incredibly well to get through multiple things some of which are very controversial very hard to uh, to talk about like the fact that jewish people helped in the rounding up of, yes. of, of other jewish people. Um, you've got uh, Jewish people fighting back. Uh, yeah. And so they sort of organized mini pockets of resistance. Um, it's got civilians helping. It's got civilians, uh, I guess, taking advantage of the situation. It's got bad Nazis. It's got good Nazis. Yeah, I found uh, that really interesting. It's, it's, it's got a lot in there, all into this one film. And considering that really it's just one man's survival story, they've actually managed to get you a pretty comprehensive roundup of an entire war, again shown from a civilian yeah. uh, platform. And there's a lot that hasn't been shown before. You talk about in terms
3: of resistance. Yeah. Um, I mean, even in terms of, of Poland, you know, it's it's the most obvious part of the war that Poland was the first country that the Germans invaded, and yet it's talked about probably the least often in cinematically. You don't often see that side of things or Mm, things happen actually in, in Warsaw, for example. Um, and so that was, that was interesting. And it, it guides you through a number of situations that you haven't really seen before Mm. on screen. Um, there's a few things I want to say about it. A few things I liked, a few things that I maybe wasn't so keen on. Um, I think his experience, certainly in terms of the the survival instinct, the survival nature, was particularly arresting. Yes, I think that that was something that something as you Brady followed, man, what an actor he's got yeah, that face. Where you're I must like,
1: admit, the, he can do nothing and emerge so much yeah, with very little. I yeah, found he, that really he impressive. Does inc- incredible, and, that, yeah.
3: and that's you know, and that's that's part of human nature—is to 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 be interested in those types of experiences, I think.
1: I've know, just realised, by the way, you remember my issue with uh, Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah. It's a Brody is what I'm thinking of. It's an Adrian Brody okay. level of actor that I'm talking about here. Right. Someone with that yeah. that level of communicating so much with so little. That that was my issue. Anyway, oh, it's yeah. just an aside. No, no, no. Just I talking hate about hate. Adrian Brody now, who's obviously mm. too old for that role, but that's, I don't that's think what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's not quite yeah, as mischievous
3: could, enough for... For that role, though, as like, I don't think he's quite as mischievous enough. I'm not saying Brody; I mean an actor no, no, like but, that. But, do you know what but I mean? Immediately, as soon as you say that, I'm like, well, he has a physique as well. Mm, yeah, but yeah, he definitely has the chops
1: for it. Yeah, this was like mm. Brody is—he's so charismatic in it and watchable. Yeah, I've got a lot, a lot of positivity about this film.
3: From a—I don't want to be overly negative on it to start with, but from a critical point of view, uh, for the first. Well, for a lot of it, certainly for the first 20, 25 minutes of it, I felt that the, I didn't really feel, I don't want to sound too, what's the word, I don't want to sound too pompous about this, but I didn't necessarily feel the truth of their relationships, and in certainly in terms of their dialogue, it was very on the nose, a lot of it, it was very descriptive, um, which kind of took me out of it a little bit. There's, and there's, there's like, a lot of, oh, uh, order, I say order, says one sister. And then someone else goes, oh, she's the sister who likes order. And I was like, mm, that feels oh, okay. a little... A, a lot of that, the dialogue interplay was very descriptive. There's, sure. a, there's a point where they need to... I end. thought you
0: meant the exposition, because they okay. do a lot of exposition. Well, they do
3: a lot of exposition as well. There's a point where they have to sell, sell the piano. And this one guy goes, I'll give you this much. And someone says, oh, that's not enough. You should take it. It's the best offer oh, you're man, going to get. It's not delivered like that though. It, That's, but it's not. There's the, no way it's delivered that, like that. But it, honestly, it yeah. certainly felt there was. It was not as
0: they were spelling sharp it out as it could was have
3: been. They're spelling it out definitely. That being said, because that kind of spoiled the first little bit for it, and as it went on, there was actually less dialogue, which then maybe influenced a little bit. But it made me think of watching a play where they have far less to give you visually. Um, mm-hmm. And emotionally, because you're not up close enough to the, the, the characters on stage. And actually, once I started to see it almost like a play, a lot of that kind of fell away because I started to understand it in a slightly different light. And, you know, you can have different filmmaking techniques. You don't need... No, nothing yeah. needs to be the same. It doesn't need to be the same as everything else. Mm-hmm. But there was a bit of it that started to take me out. And then when I kind of got over that, I started to get back into it. But certainly... It still cropped up every now and again. Now, you get to a point, one of the most beautiful pieces of the entire, um, scenes of the entire film, um, as Adrian Brody, he's, he's malnourished, he's on the verge oh. of, of death, basically. And he finally gets out uh, of the city and he, he finds this this building, and he's searching, and he finds a tin of gherkins, I think it is, um, something like that. Something like that. And then he finds that there are actually Nazis scouting it as a location to use as a base. And there's one Nazi officer who sees him, and he tells him that he's a pianist, and there's a piano in the building. And up to this point, he's imagined playing the piano um, in his mind because that he is. They they talk about him as being possibly the best pianist in the world, Mm. Uh, and he sees pianos in other buildings, but he can't play them because then he'll be found out.
0: Yeah, make noise.
3: And all of a sudden, this Nazi is telling him to play, and. Actually the scene is really long. Actually yeah. a lot of the scenes in Love this that. film are really short. They're not particularly long at all and it jumps time frames, but that scene is I think it was like three and a half minutes long, which is extraordinarily long for a scene. Um and the music he plays is just incredible.
0: I really just wanna say something quickly about that scene, because I, I've I've thought about this scene quite a lot. Yeah. And what it what it means. It's a tourism for the film, I think. Yeah. And at first, I started to think about it as because he is—he's so malnourished, he shouldn't be able to play the piano as well as he plays mm. it. And at first, I was thinking, well, that shows you that he is the best because it comes so natural to him that even when uh, you know he's against all the odds, he can still—he can play his thing like like breathing. Mm. It's so easy for him. Yeah. But after a few rewatchings, I've, I've watched it maybe like two or three times uh, in the build-up to this. I've started to see that scene like a fight scene. And hmm. that is him mastering all of his strength yes. yeah. and fighting this German to let him live. It's like because death. what he can do yeah. is so incredible. And if he'd played chopsticks <laughs> badly on oh, the yeah. piano, just a bullet to the head.
1: That sequence, that's the way that I read it was okay, you are this is it, you're caught, you've spent the entire movie avoiding this moment, and you are now caught. Yeah. If you do not pull out the finest performance of your life, you're a dead man. And it's so tense, and Danny said there a moment mm. ago about long shots, and Polanski is known for shooting even inanimate objects in a scene and for a long take. It's got a very European sensibility towards it, it its action does, and it its staging, does, yeah. definitely, and its cinematography. And one of my favourite things about it was Brody looks like a pianist because his fingers are so like he looks. I, would, I mean, I don't know much about the the way that they filmed that, but obviously yeah. they cut the way when it gets really grandiose. But that sequence in particular, I, I found majestic, and even the way the credits hold on mm. him playing piano again yeah. was beautiful, like mm. utterly beautiful. It's a where it's a in the face of all of this horror. It's a beautiful moment, and it, yeah. again, it speaks to that Saving Private Ryan about the beauty and the artistry of life, mm. and that's clearly something Polanski was trying to get across there, and I love that, this intersection of life and death and art. Yeah, That's what see, I loved about it. What's interesting, I, I actually felt probably the opposite about that scene
3: in terms of it, it, what it means. Right. Do
0: you see it as him doing it because he's going to die and as such? I'm going to go out doing what I love. Or?
3: Yeah, well, because up to that point, so far, every Nazi that you've seen, and there aren't many, but every time you see a Nazi, they are they physically abuse. Yeah, they're killing Jew. Jews. Yeah. They slap them, yeah. whip them, kill them. Every single Nazi kills a Jew that you see. And so the very first interplay, they pause and they look at each other, and immediately there's something different between this interchange. Sure. Because that officer could immediately just go, Jew. I'm by myself, I can do what I want anyway, yeah. I'm obviously an officer, but he doesn't, he stops, and he asks him, what are you doing here, who are you, you know, there's, immediately there's yeah. a difference, yeah, and he's got this last tin of gherkins, and it feels like he, he was, it's a cathartic experience, almost like he's letting go, and seeing the light, mm. did you not he's, feel like he was about to be executed, I didn't, know. I genuinely didn't, I, I felt the the power dynamic is definitely in favour of the officer, uh, in that he could have, but mm-hmm. I never felt like he was going to. It's it was it was tense. It was tense because you then see someone outside, oh. but, Just, and at any moment. But he obviously had a moment of human connection, yeah.
0: where he wanted to. It, it's a it, great scene. Great it's scene. incredible. There's a lot, but I felt it's slightly different from you. Just one other thing about that that tin, whatever it's of. So the this, this, I think, is magic storytelling. Yeah. Like, in fact, the more I think about it now, like, this is probably one of the smartest things I've ever seen done in cinema. Yeah. So the backstory is, you've got this big tin and you know that there's food in it, yeah. um, and he can't open it. He's not got a tin opener. So he's going around doing various things to try and open up this tin, and he starts hitting it with a fire poker or something, yeah, it is, yeah. and it falls down, bursts open, and all of the contents all of the liquid is pouring over the floor as it rolls away from him and you start off with this moment of like fuck he's not going to be able to eat mm. and then it rolls up to this oh. german's feet and then suddenly you're like oh this is way worse yeah. and it's a weird it's a weird way or a very clever way i guess of putting things into perspective where mm. you thought that was a life and death situation that he wasn't going to be able to eat. Yeah. And then suddenly no. it's, now a it's a real, it's real life, and death, life and death situation. It's the game is up at that point. It, it is, is. You see that you're like, oh. but like the way you'd never have thought you could have built an emotion more gutting than when that, uh, that when everything pours all over the floor until it rolls up to a Nazi's foot oh. <laughs> and then you're like, shit, it, I don't know how they topped it, but they did. Yeah I just thought it was really cool.
1: When I watched it and I enjoyed it a lot it was w- the one thing I couldn't get away from was the comparison to Schindler's list. And yeah. It's just something that I couldn't I couldn't avoid you know. Sure. And because as we've said and repeatedly it's the survivor's story, because it's that Survivor story, it sort of denies us some of that more wider perspective that Schindler's List gives us that maybe I preferred. Hmm. I think naturally I'm going to compare the two, and I know Schindler, I think, Schindler, I think, is a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, and that that's an unfortunate, you know, it's not like there can't be two films on this topic because no, no, there yeah, can, exactly. and there is.
0: And it's it's from a totally different, I mean, you never see a concentration. Absolutely. Can. Yeah.
1: And... Having said that, it didn't, you know, it was being compared to, Do you know what it is? It's almost like a Goodfellas Casino situation sure. where you're like,
0: Yeah,
1: wow, casino's still great though, right? But unfortunately, in my mind, it's been compared to Goodfellas, which is a masterpiece yeah. as well. Yeah. And I just I think it was around the time when that scene happened that I'd suddenly let go of the Schindler's List mm. comparisons. Yeah. Because at first it was a little sluggish to get around yeah. to it, and some of those family scenes I was a bit like we know where this is going a little bit, and I think the, the only and that's the the only problem
3: with that is that the film is two hours forty minutes something like that, yeah, and that's probably twenty minutes from the end. Yes, exactly. And, and it's, it's long, and it takes it takes a while to get there. I, I think yeah, it, but so, it
0: does that for a reason. It does, it that does. To show you how long he's been. Oh, 100 so percent.
3: I, I think it, it jumps a lot of time frames, which doesn't help. Thinking about it now, actually, I, I literally just realised, and I have no idea why I didn't even think about this before, but it, it was written by Polanski as well. Well, he's um, a survivor himself, isn't he? Yes, but I mean, in, in terms of well, how I thought about an it,
0: autobiography,
3: yes. yeah, but I mean, as a, as a piece, it was the script was, the script was written by him. So my concerns of it earlier, it, one thing that it felt like was almost um, uh, an, an overdub of a foreign language, film which sometimes can be slightly ropey and so actually thinking about the dialogue maybe that was actually the problem that a lot of it is written by someone who English isn't the first language of yeah and that's maybe what it's a translation what what ticks me slightly onto feeling it was not Weirdly, now I like
0: it even more. I like even more the thought that they've literally just done a translation from Polish.
3: Mm. And and yeah, and and you know, and like I say, you know, once you get yourself over a point, sometimes you can actually enjoy something for what it is without trying to compare it. But yeah, I think certainly the last hour and half hour and twenty minutes was was I was more interested in. Um, But still, an incredible movie.
0: Well, let's lighten the the mood a little bit, I mean, maybe not too much. Um, (laughs) Andy, why don't you tell us about The Great Escape?
1: great escape Um, instantly hummable um, theme and it's one that i got you know i was sat there thinking about my list and the great escape it's maybe one of the first world war ii movies i ever saw because i saw Mm. it when i was a child Yeah, yeah yeah and i had no intention of putting it on my list whatsoever no intention whatsoever but I thought, I'm going to rewatch it. And the moment I rewatched it, I was like, oh, it's going in. There's yeah. no question it's going in. Um, I started rewatching it, because um, I watched it when we did the list, and then I rewatched it again. But I rewatched it after Hacksaw Ridge, right? Uh, so I'd watched Hacksaw Ridge and been like, really blown away by it, loved it. And I was like, oh, no. Because that, you know, yeah. that starts, I was like, oh, shit, I've put in this movie. Yep. And I was like, oh, all I'd remembered was the the fun, oh, oh, those likely lads building a a tunnel. But there's so much to this film that I think there's a heck of a lot to enjoy about this film. It's called The Great Escape, and it really is about a great escape. And what I mean by that is there's a very sophisticated system of evasion uh, with a lot of very characterized characters that you actually care about. doesn't shy away from the consequences of what they're doing either. There are punishments dealt out and in one Shies away from it a bit. The last sequence when they're killed?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it shies away from it a bit.
1: I mean, I don't think it does. I like, don't even see I, you, get gunned down. You do see people get gunned down. You
0: don't. You definitely do. You don't you, see you, bullets hitting their you, body. Exactly. You, hear, you hear them cocking the. weapons. What about weapons.
1: Ives? You see him get shot. Yeah. So I mean, it, it I was mean, made, either way. Yeah, yeah, look, fair enough, fair it was made in 1963. We're, we're so disputing. The standards of, yes. of I don't want to dispute whether yeah, yeah, you sure, see sure. bullets hitting a body. What I'm saying is, for me, <laughs> you see, you, people get murdered. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it's <laughs> deniable that there are consequences to what they're doing. Either way, um, obviously, this is a lighter film than a lot of the film and a lot of really heavy stuff we've been talking yeah. Yeah. about here. And believe me, then I started watching. I was like. Oh thank Christ! Actually, I could do with a little bit of a breather because yeah. I really enjoyed this film. Oh, a heck of I a lot. it's a you, it's you know. Oh, it. I'm not so. It's a you. It's a you. Wow. Yeah. I'm like. I mean, I, they used to play it at Christmas. Yeah, I right? know. I mean, <laughs> we talked about this before, right? I just want to mention a couple of you know. I, I said about you know a star-studded cast. Donald oh, Pleasance. Yeah, yeah. Donald Pleasance rocks up in the 35-minute mark and he breaks your heart. Yeah, he's throughout he's the film, brilliant. Man. Um, the, the, the whole Tom, Dick and Harry sort of, mm. we're gonna we're building all three you know, it, yeah. all three tunnels it's like, it's the ultimate escape movie yeah, as well, like, I mean is. I was like their system for diversion of the way that they trick the guards, for yep. example like a guy tapping his, the palm of his hand with his pipe, or people singing, or yep. the way that they would disrupt I, so many of the cliches that I've seen in films came from this movie for me even the way they got rid of the rubble was used in the Shawshank yeah. Redemption. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like a caper. It, movie. it is a it is It's it it does feel like a caper. It's a caper, caper. Um, but that is it is a caper, and that's why I hasten to add at the beginning. Yes. You do see depths as well. So there are consequences. Still, yes. um, there yeah. is
0: there is definitely a uh, there's there's a lot of good things to be said what about great the Great Escape. And funnily enough, I think that the um, I guess. I guess you could easily say that it does humanize in, in the right way a lot of the time uh, some German soldiers
1: von Luger the commander yeah, definitely. Yeah, a, yeah. yeah. Incredible yeah, yeah. Amount of respect he there. he like doesn't uh, I mean he salutes his own prisoners which yes. is amazing and he well, he forgets the nazi salute at one point yeah, as
0: well Yeah he's 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 i guess uh, what, what what we're talking about he's not a nazi he is a uh, he's a career soldier, soldier, yeah. soldier Yeah exactly and they um, even makes a point of that, doesn't but, um, it? Yeah, I think that it's also really interesting how you see that there is a certain amount of respect that the Germans gave us during the war that, like I said, when, when we look at the uh, Japanese, they didn't. Uh, you know, If you're thinking about the, the camps, I mean, yeah, he kind of... They even say, don't they, it's, it's every officer's duty to try and escape. And he's yeah. like, oh, don't we worry, I understand that. Yeah. And, you know, it, yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. It's definitely a good caper. Um, but when I talk about Saving Private Ryan changing the game, yes. this is a great example of it. Oh, yeah. And it was, this is probably a good example of where there are lots of movies like this, um, uh, perhaps even more violent, where you're seeing battlefield scenes, whatever, um, that when uh, Saving Five Ryan came out people went oh shit that war was not a caper yeah but I, I, I would also
3: say that with The Great Escape I think it changed the game from when it was made so it's 1963 that's 19 years 18 years 17 I many 18 years yeah. after the end of the war which isn't a hugely long time and there had been there were films made after the war almost directly after it about the war yeah, um, And this really changed the game uh, for the next wave of, of, of World War II movies. I think there is a tendency towards complacency with this film because we've had it for so long mm-hmm. and because of how we view World War II movies now, you could compare it quite easily to a lot of those 60s and 70s war movies and it could quite easily get lost in the shuffle. But I, I don't think it should be. I think we're just used to it being yeah. a being a fixture yeah I did, I, like I, I you say feel, Andy yeah. it's 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 quality and its stock should be held in higher regard yeah. it does do more than just be a caper movie yeah i mean really nobody there's a one person escapes at the end i think finally three, like three guys What's do in the okay end.
0: well you only see through yeah but when they're counting up the numbers you, you you gotta you know dicky gets like dicky
3: gets caught again yeah um, Steve McQueen gets caught again James yeah. Garner gets caught again
1: most of them um, don't yeah, get away yeah, exactly
3: um, it's, it's not like it's just it's not an Ocean's Eleven bunch of great guys have a bit true. of a caper and get away with it There is. it's still after all of that there is still the last right. fifteen
0: there twenty is, minutes. There is a hard hitting, and this is just what Do You know mean
1: what? That, I think it's even. It's surprising Colin, watching it. Donald Pleasance gets shot. You're like, yeah. oh, you Nazi bastards! Yes, yes. because that's, he's that, the one that, that you're like the vulnerable guy. Right. And I was like, F- he uses you, his sight yeah. and oh, and and that's why I, I maybe was like, no, God, there is a harder edge to this. Mm. Even though I did, I expected to be watching a caper, but yeah. actually, after Ives gets killed. The film gets way more paranoid yeah. about what's actually happening. Yes. More paranoid about getting caught. Yeah. And then when Colin gets killed, I was like, "You utter bastards!" Because yeah. Yeah. Um, he's such a tragic character. And of course, this, between Don Pleasance and James Garner, there's such a lovely friendship, an unlikely friendship that arrives. And yeah, I was. I'm glad I put it in as well because I was like. I'm conscientious of not doing a list that's post-saving Private Ryan and never looking at anything because we, as we said, since Private Ryan, I'm so glad we did it first because there's a tendency to go right. Well, none of these matter before since Private Ryan, and that cannot be true. That cannot be true. Even though stylistically, our tastes are now more towards a film like, let's say, a Fury. There's absolute value in this, uh, a movie like this, and I, I was just, I was surprised. I was. Worried that I'd put it in out of nostalgia, and when yeah, yeah. when I rewatched it, I realized I hadn't that actually it's a great film, and I'm, I'm glad that I put it in there. Yeah, me too, um, me too. Yeah, so but that yeah. honestly, like, that's kind of all I'm saying, and
0: I do love it. And actually, as, as much as I said, maybe Fury was the one that I'd most want to go see straight after this, this is actually, I'd, I'd sit down and watch this with you guys right, that's right now. so good. I think we'd all love
1: it. Yeah, the it's bit great. where uh, I would want to do is have the moonshine scene yeah, where it's yeah. just like, take a sip, wow. I love that. Again, so I'd forgotten about that scene because I was laughing my head off at that.
3: And you know, it it, it would be very Whoa. difficult to make a film like that now, not just because of our sensibilities, but the the trick of it to make it feel so much like a caper and to be so enjoyable is it is based around a situation that is, I don't want to say less serious, but kind of it's it's far less I um, impactful yeah. uh, than. Focusing on Polish Jews or the front lines or yeah. something else. You know, these guys are in here. It's, it's, it's a pretty static environment, really. There's no... You're not expecting people to die.
0: Something that I think is... And so
3: there's, there's the, the, the possibility yeah. of being able to do more that has uh, more fun... Aspects yeah. to yeah. it, well, so you can't really talk, get in. It's yeah. like this, looking at our list, I, it's,
1: it's a slight breather in a way. It's almost like, oof, like, what?
0: it's true to life. I was saying yes, to Andy yeah. um, a while back that one of my favorite things about Britishness, and particularly like Britishness around the wartime, um, before we had the sort of technologies that we have now and that kind of thing, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this, but when we were planning the invasion of Normandy, um we were trying to fool the germans into thinking that we would leave from calais and do a straight crossing uh, nearer to uh, to where like Dunkirk is yeah because uh, basically that's the shortest route and so we built out of like cardboard and stuff um an enormous army yeah. that that was basically down near um the crossing between Dover, Dover and Calais—that was yeah. it. That's where they. That's where we thought we were going to be. So, at Dover, they basically built a load of cardboard tanks, right. a load of cardboard planes, and that kind of thing. And then over where we did invade from, we were trying to cover up all of our actual tanks yeah, and actual yeah. planes and actual people. <laughs> and it really makes me think of that sort of British spirit of like these posh lads yes. who are going well boy i tell you what we'll do yeah. we'll yeah, fool man. them we'll yeah. I, well, we, we can build that out of a bit of cardboard and they'll think that we've got ready masses of planes and then they won't even realize it and we'll be invading in normandy it's a, a really good
1: time and i, I, I love that and <laughs> i love that about this movie do you know exactly I mean? it gave me that like yeah they've are, made so the good.
0: mistake of yeah. taking our
1: best escape passes <laughs> yeah. and putting them all together. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're well asking done, for trouble putting are... these guys <laughs> within like 10 part? minutes, they're trying to escape. Yeah. Like they, they comment that, like, one guy's trying to escape out of the van on the way to the, the camp. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, no, yes. So, yes, but the funny. worst of the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh man. Like, uh, I, I'm, I just enjoyed I was relieved when I oh, watched amazing. it and then excited to talk about it with you guys because I was like, oh. we're going to get to enjoy these guys are also going to get to enjoy this movie yeah I very much did very much did
0: and the final film that only got one vote from each of us is Enemy at the Gates. where is he? where's the major? a
3: few inches from your face I've been such a fool Vasily man will always be man there is no new man. We tried so hard to create a society that was equal, where there'd be nothing to envy your neighbor. But there's always something to envy.
2: A smile. A friendship. Something you don't have and want to appropriate.
3: In this world. Even a Soviet one. There will always be rich and poor. Rich in gifts. Poor in gifts. Rich in love. Poor in love. Tanya isn't coming back. She's dead, Vercili.
2: you as soon as she had seen Mrs. Philippe off to the boats. She was coming back for you. She was right. You're a good man, Vasily. I want to help you, Vasily.
3: Let me do one last thing. Something useful for a change.
1: Let me show you where the major is. No, Don't do that.
2: Don't do that!
1: Guys,
0: had either of you seen Enemy at the Gates before I put it on the list?
1: I'd seen it at the cinema twice, Ooh. actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. saw it a long time ago.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool, ago. cool. That was so,
1: 2001, wasn't it?
0: Uh, something yeah, there, there like that. I yeah, 2001. Yeah. I remember,
1: well, I watched it with a high school friend, so it must have been. Oh,
0: ah, okay. A long time ago. Uh, it was 57. indeed
1: 2001. Aren't we the same age, Dan? Is that... You're all, you're older <laughs> than me. That's all about us. Yeah. Okay.
0: So um, basically, here is the uh, <laughs> here is the synopsis. So uh, Jude Law uh, plays a character called Vasily. Uh, he's a young Russian uh, sniper who becomes a legend when a uh, I guess a political officer played by Joseph Fiennes. Uh, makes him the lead character in a propaganda campaign. Uh, They're essentially friends, uh, but Rachel Weiss gets in the way of that. She's a very uh, attractive female soldier who they both uh, fall for. Now, it's all set in the city of Stalingrad and there is, I guess, the war raging on all around them, uh, but other than one scene really, it's very focused in on their individual battles specifically with Ed Harris who is a Nazi sniper uh, an elite sniper who gets brought in to hunt down uh, and kill uh, Vasily hence ending their propaganda campaign. Now this really interests me because i feel like i haven't seen many depictions of the russian side of the war which is odd really when you think about it um i think we spoke about this before about the number of deaths and stuff by by country yes um we've already discussed it. it's the uh the most deadly of all the wars Uh, certainly that's ever been recorded and uh, the United States and the United Kingdom both had less than half a million um, people die on the battlefield. Uh, the UK uh, was less than 400,000 uh, people lost on the battlefield, which obviously is a huge number uh, just on its own. Yeah. Um, if you were to talk about the losing side, so the Germans, they lost 5.5 million. People on, on the uh, on the battlefield. Japan over two million people yeah. died on the battlefield. Although the Japanese lost, um, I think about double that in terms of civilians as well. If you were to ask me how many people from Russia died or the Soviet Union, ten million. That's ludicrous. It's unbelievable. They won the war. That's mental. Yeah. And they lost ten million people. They also lost twenty-four million civilians. No. 24 million
1: civilians. Shocking knowing that in the context of watching this film and That's it's the insane. only film that addresses this topic. Half civilian yeah. deaths. not know that. No,
0: no. Half civilian deaths were of uh, Soviet Union uh, civilians. Unbelievable. Yeah, because they say
3: 50 million, don't they?
0: Yeah. So, so in terms of... Sheesh, sheesh, in terms of, uh, I guess, loss of life, the Russians played the largest part in the war and this is the only certainly like well-known westernized film that I know of mm. that really takes a takes a good look at that. And interestingly, they, they discuss in, in the film, which I think I learned about in, in history uh, lessons, is they had uh, roughly double the amount of people to send to war than they had weapons. Which is why in the film mm. when they're sending yeah. the people off, they send them off in pairs and they say, the first one of you holds the holds the rifle, the second one walks behind him. When the first person falls, you pick up his rifle and continue. Most of the Soviet Union casualties were from, uh, maybe not most, but a large portion of it was uh, executions uh, because they would execute anyone that retreated. So you either run forward and die or run back and die. And it's it's the most brutal thing you can imagine. And the reason that I... Uh, I think, appreciate that this film looks into it a little bit is because they really... I mean, they blow up the set, basically, don't yeah. they, they? They get you a city, and then they blow the shit out of it.
1: Yeah. And, point. The sets are really good. Yeah, the bits yeah, yeah. that they're scrambling through, yeah. when they get to that sniper point, a very authentic feel. It's a very expensive-looking film.
0: It, it's, I, yeah. I would hazard a guess that it's an incredibly expensive mm. film because they...
1: In fact, I believe at the time it was Europe... because it's a very Eurocentric movie. Yes, French yes. director, I know, but yeah. I believe it's Europe's most expensive film to date. Really? I believe so. That was a piece of trivia that I found about it, and it, well, it makes boy sense does it to me. show. I mean, yeah, it yeah. looks like it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it definitely makes it sense. Was, it, it's interesting because it starts. Um, there's it, it cr- cracks on pretty swiftly, but you have all these people packed onto this train, and Jude Law's there, and he's obviously off to do some fighting, and Rachel Weiss is in there and she's a, a local, and they kind of have this look mm. across the across the, the carriage, and immediately you kind of go, oh, this isn't going to be your average war movie, it's going to be something a little bit different mm. to this, uh, and then they get off the train, and within a couple of minutes boom, you're into this massive, yeah. epic war um, with many many casualties, and you, you, you start off, you know, we've been using and for a good reason, Saving Private Ryan is a touchstone for a lot of these movies. You start thinking, no, oh, it's going to be very different. Oh, wait, no, it's it's going to go all out. It's going to go that way. Yeah. And it obviously it changes and diverts and does more things as it goes on. But certainly at first, it feels yeah. like there's going to be something different, which it keeps. But it also then gives you that huge, that, yeah. that loss of life,
0: that that depiction of that. Yeah, and, and I, don't get me wrong, I think that the, the thing that makes all of the films that we've talked about successful is that they focus in on human uh, relationships and, and individuals and, and kind of what's going on with them rather than focusing on a war like a documentary would. Yeah. And that, that, this film does do that very well.
1: I think what it does is, you know, Dave, earlier on you were saying about the difficulties in portraying certain aspects of a war from a narrative perspective. Yeah. It's actually really hard to simplify for an audience whereas with this movie concentrating on a sniper against yeah. another sniper, it reminded yeah. me of films like, like Heat, where it's like two two guys yeah, going up against it, yeah. like that cat and mouse. The war is the backdrop yeah. What it is is this war between these two guys. Yeah. And for me the movie really takes off when Ed Harris rocks up. Oh yeah. And that's when it's like, Whoa, you yeah. are he is an intimidating, an intimidating and sultry presence, I would <laughs> say. Because when you watch him um seduced the the boy I forget the character's name the, the, kid, kid. Yeah, yeah. the little kid the way he's uh, sasha is like sasha, sasha, sasha why sasha. are you helping the Nazis and he says well and sasha provides an answer but it's like and you like chocolate as he hands a bar yeah. over and you're like oh this man is so deadly to you sasha
0: get away yeah. from him yeah. I think it also shows you how out of how out of his depth cued Lawrence yeah oh yeah to me it's it says a lot about propaganda yes. and how powerful oh, yeah. it is. And it's the that,
1: only one that, that does that, I think, yes. of all of these. Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: But you're saying, essentially taking a guy who's uh,
1: a good shot. He's yeah. a good sniper. He's like a local boy good shot, yes. like anyone else.
0: exactly. And and interestingly enough, how they do the reveal about his first ever Love that. kill. That's, yeah, that's, that's great idea. later on. Yeah. Um, I wish I won't spoil because it's a, a minor point that doesn't mm. need to be spoiled. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a local kid, good shot, who people are now exploiting essentially what he does, and the Germans then go, okay, fine, we'll bring yeah. in. It, it, you know yeah. what? It's a little bit like in footballing terms, someone going, all right, fine, we'll send in Lionel Messi, then we'll see how good you are at football. Yeah. And and suddenly, the this this guy is up is against. It, it, a... It's like a
3: player having an incredible World Cup. Yeah. Who did nothing before had this tournament of their lives, and then they meet
0: against a team, and they go right, yeah. cool, yeah, perfect. Yeah. We'll, we'll put you up against yes. our world class team, and, and they just crumble. And, and the difference is, this is life or death. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. he is up against a guy that doesn't only have a great natural ability; he's also been trained. Knows what he's coming to do, like yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very scary presence. Yeah,
1: he yeah. is. For me, he it's made great. the movie come alive. 100 percent. And I really like Jude Law in this film. I forget how much I like Jude Law mm. as a. I can see why he's a movie star because he is charisma personified. There's a lot I liked about this film. I loved. I liked Jude Law's casting. I liked Rachel Vice. I liked. There's like a sex. I like scene. to have a love story. I, love, I really like. I what like, it finds. I was going to say wait, but I like that sex scene because yeah, I was like, like, whoa, like. You don't see that they are in a bunker of some sort, and it's like they've just got to, like they're lying next to other yeah. people, but they're gonna die soon, so they need that physical intimacy. Yeah, I, I love that the final confrontation between uh, Vasily and the Ed Harris character, the way in which, as you say, Dave, he's completely outmanned. He's against an elite, an elite sniper. The only way he wins is by someone sort of sacrificing himself, and yes. that's the only way yeah, right. someone has to basically murder... a. Suicide by a sniper yeah. is what has to happen. So there's a lot. There's a lot to like in this. Yeah. Um, I did find there's a couple of things I, I found. I found it fairly rudimentary, I guess, in terms of its approach to what the greater war is. And in all honesty, I think I struggled a little bit to understand the the more the big. I, you, when I remembered it, I, I was like, oh, it's a bunch of British people, right? And I'd forgotten the whole <laughs> Russian thing, and I, I was mean, like, No, that oh. that's
0: because of their
1: accents. Yeah. So the accents the the director i remember made a choice to just let the actors work in their own accent yeah but unfortunately um have you guys seen the death of stalin no unfortunately yeah, yeah. so it's a want really wanted it's apparently sort of basically like downfall with stalin but a comedy i
0: was going to say it's a comedy right? Yes, and um, and, Mar- they, and right.
1: yeah and so. all of the actors in that are playing with their own accents so you've got the general of the russian army with a yorkshire accent yeah and it's designed to also like yeah. informed the ludicrous nature Dude. of it and unfortunately I'm Bob, sort of reminded of that. Yeah, I saw Bob Hoskins, I was like, Oh, that's yeah. weird. It just took me out in some minor criticism on a movie that I really yeah. enjoyed. But the accent stuff did take me out a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and you know just a little bit, it's a minor thing.
3: One of my biggest criticisms of it in general uh was very similar to what you said. When you said it it really kind of it made me think exactly that. Um, in terms of the, the context of the war as a whole um, we talked before about a lot of the western front uh, conflicts having a very kind of clear narrative both in terms of their physical uh, movement and the, the people and what they're trying to achieve and I didn't feel that I really knew what any of these people's role was in the greater conflict or what their purpose was Yeah, I didn't quite get why they are moving on. <clears throat> Using someone as a piece of propaganda is an interesting Yeah, ploy, The thing that they never really discussed. They never really focus on, mm. n- necessarily the geography, but the well, geography of Stalingrad who's doing what's what a bit of geography. Yeah, Stalingrad
0: yeah. Is, looks lost, so it looks like the Russians have lost Stalingrad. Yes. But then he just bunkers down in there, mm. snipes a bit, and the next thing you know, the Russians have overtaken Stalingrad. Yeah. And I think that the, uh, the real life side of it is that they were just constantly throwing men at this yes. problem mm-hmm. and they were getting mowed down, mowed down and everyone was losing hope and what what the story is, is trying to say is that he gave them hope to keep on running in there and eventually sure. they won. Um, and but, a... but you're right you never really get any idea of like this constant onslaught yeah. of, of Russian yeah. uh, soldiers or anything like that
3: and and so that was difficult to see the how they fit into the greater conflict that was going on um, I, I, I I liked the, the sniper battle element again yeah. that's not something you see that often but yeah. it's really that was fer- really, cool. really fertile that was ground. really cool stuff yeah, especially when really Ron comes in yes. as well and he yes. does the his bit, bit of like arc, I liked yeah. that um so, there's some really good stuff. The stuff. Warring Friends thing as well, Joseph Fiennes yeah. is great. Yeah. The the other thing which um which slightly frustrated me was the the, the resolution was a li- felt a little bit rushed. There's a lot of things that happen in about five minutes. So True. Joseph Fiennes finally sees them together, Jude Law and Rachel Weiss, gets jealous, then puts out more propaganda saying that Vasily's yeah, betrayed like, them, them all. Him, yeah. Then the bad guy finds out the kids betrayed him. Mm. Then you've got that whole scene. Oh, that scene. Then Rachel Vice goes with finds to tell the mum. Then and, and there's other things that happen. You're right, It does seem. And a bit then worse. Joseph finds regrets what he's done, tells you Laurie sorry, and literally all of this happens because I, I counted it, I timed it in five minutes. No, I'm, jo- I'm not even joking. It all happens in five minutes. In, yeah, yeah, literally, it's five minutes. Uh, and, you know, then they have like five minutes of Ed Harris dying via slow motion. It's not quite five minutes, but it's just it, there's that, there, you know,
4: yeah.
3: I felt that that side of it kind of happened really quickly. And yeah, I, I wish there had been a little bit more um, because I, I really liked all the interplay between them up to that point, And it felt like it kind of chopped a lot up. That being said, there, there's lots that I liked about it. I really enjoyed rewatching it. I don't remember it being as brutal as it was. I, I that, agree. That I was like, oh, me.
1: this is more violent than I remember Yeah, it. I, I thought 12A, probably. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it really wasn't. Yeah, it I really agree.
3: wasn't. It was much more brutal than I expected it to be. Um, and deservedly so. You know, it needed that. Um, also, this is maybe sound like a slightly off point, but the, um, the score had many of the same um, notes uh, and graces as Willow. Oh, yeah, I've, told, <laughs> I, I've told you how much okay. I love Willow yeah. before. That's random, isn't it? But yeah, there was but... this little thing. There's, there's a little kind of uh, motif who goes.
1: No, no, kind of a little. Um, do you know what? Now, actually, you say that, and I remember this... there's a there's a part of the score that it keeps repeating. Yeah, and it's almost a bit. It's just of the this reason. little thing. Yeah,
3: that, that's all the way through. I'm Willow. gonna put that in right
0: there.
1: I'm gonna put it in.
3: And so immediately, I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm on the side of this now." Yeah, yeah. I do like that. it may have stole it. It's totally fine. I'm all I'm all for it. But yeah, altogether, it was a really a really good rewatch for me. Uh, I enjoyed it. it. It it wouldn't get crashed my list um, because we've got so many good movies it. I mean, it ended it. up at the bottom of my list. Yeah, I but do it's, think... It's definitely a recommendation.
1: I agree. It's a recommendation and again, it's that there's not been another episode where I felt like there were some serious titans with this one and this one, unfortunately, it doesn't reach the five but again, I recommend it wholeheartedly.
0: Perfect. Guys, can we talk about Dunkirk for goodness sake?
1: Oh, yes. What do you see? Home. Oh. You're number one, wasn't
3: it? Mate, right, okay, so... Dunkirk. Um, this was um, this was really interesting for me. If you don't mind me telling you a, a little bit of backstory, if you tell me
0: the story of Dunkirk. Man.
3: So when when I went to see it at the cinema, and uh, I'm not going to actually tell you much of Dunkirk right now. Oh. No. My my wife wasn't so bothered about seeing it, and so um, my mother-in-law was really interested in watching it. She grew up in um, in 1946. She was born, and she grew up with stories of the war. Um, because her father played a big role in World War Two, so he was in the navy. He actually was at Dunkirk, and he wasn't—he wasn't actually at Dunkirk on the beach, but he was on one of the ships. No. Yeah. So he
0: was a rescuer. Yeah,
3: and his battleship returned five
0: times to pick Gosh, soldiers up. Yeah. So he and he—he he fought in other conflicts as well. So according to the film Dunkirk, he was on that one ship that was yeah. there, right?
3: Okay. Mm. And so he, um, he struggled for many years Oof, with various things. That's just a little glimpse
0: of the shade I'm going to be throwing <laughs> in this film. Uh,
3: he, he struggled from things that like, uh, we would call PTSD now. And so when I, this, we had this discussion before I went to the cinema. So we both went to the cinema and we watched this. And I've never had the experience before in a cinema like this. But we sat down and as soon as it started, there was total silence. And there was total silence from a pretty packed auditorium mm. for the entirety of the movie. And once it finished, everybody stayed in their seats until the very end of the credits. And there was a... I mean, there had been a lot said about it before it came out. But there was a reverence, yeah, almost, of what had happened at that point And how that had been delivered. It was... It was such an experience going through this film. This film is an experience. It's not just a movie you can sit down and just crack on and watch. Um, and it may be different from home viewing. I, I, I kind of don't want to watch it at home because I feel like it might have spoiled the experience that I, I had. I watched it with
0: noise-canceling headphones. I okay. had the same or at least a very similar experience at home as I did when I saw it in the cinema.
3: Okay, well, that's, that's good. I, I, I know when I came out, a lot of people compared it unfairly to Saving Private Ryan, uh, and were saying, oh, it was it was boring, or it was this, or it was that,
0: and, you know, was expected, I was expecting... I had nothing but good things about it when I came out. I, I felt like I was the only one with concerns about Really? It. Mm.
3: I absolutely loved it. I thought almost every aspect of it, um, from a filmmaking point of view, <clears throat> had me there, and... Um, I, I personally think Nolan is uh, a true master of go down in history as one of the greatest when he finally mm-hmm. you know, gives up. He's not been around that long compared sure. to some of the masters. But the way that this has been crafted uh, from the sound design, from the uh, execution of the timelines, um, <clears> it basically <throat> has, these three, it has these three story strands um, of a guy on the beach. Uh, a boat coming from England and some in the week, plane, a day and an hour, a week, a yeah, day and an hour, these time frames, and it intercuts them, uh, and I thought that was incredible, and so I, I loved everything about it. I, I have heard people say certain negative things about it, and everyone that said it, I have slapped them across the chops. <laughs> mm. I okay. will not have a bad word said about it. Okay, well, okay, we'll so let's finish right now
1: okay um, I'm, 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 Dan this was your number one film wasn't it
3: well and this is what we talked about earlier about struggling to to come up yeah. with a final top and this one pushed Saving Private Ryan so
1: close yes. and in the end um, tip, tipped over uh, this was my fourth fourth on my yes. list and I watched it again last night Yeah, um, and there's I, this is a great movie you know it's Chris, uh, Chris Chris Nolan's kind of like the man of the moment right now, isn't he? He's yeah. kind of like that big director. It's, you know, he is sort of where Quentin Tarantino was in the 90s. Yes, I way. was just about to say,
4: yeah. stop it's, stealing my good lines! I can't see your
1: notes, all right? Um, so, you know, this movie was coming out, and it just came off the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. And I was like, I was excited to see it, and I didn't see it, you know? Um, right. I saw it after the fact. Um... And there's such a lot to like here, I would say. Um, the scale, I don't think anyone uses scale mm-hmm. in modern filmmaking yeah. the way that Chris Nolan does. The guy shoots, yeah. has done things with 65mm cameras that yep. I've not seen before. Incredible. I was watching that dogfight. I was like, this is so weird yes. to watch. And because I've just not seen it scale like this before. It was an IMAX camera. I know. I mean, just that's, that's the level of technical accomplishment that a James Cameron would achieve. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the music and the—it's one of those Hans Zimmer scores that I re, is certain. It's a real pressure cooker of a movie. Yeah. It's almost like a third act spread out. Yeah. And you don't—you're not going to want to hear criticisms, Dan, but you're about to from me because I don't think it's a perfect movie either. I think when I when I think about something like A Great Escape, and we said earlier about wow, these characters—I feel close yeah. to these characters i really feel close to any of those characters because they were just ciphers for this experience. Now that's okay because when the experience is so incredibly crafted, like the guy can put together a set piece like no one else. Um, But I don't know who any of those people are. I'm sympathetic to what they're going through purely because I'm also a human being capable of empathy empathy because it's horrible. But I don't know who you are in any way. And that's, Maybe a criticism to make, but I, I think there was so, like, it's so well executed. The sound, I think, Kenneth Brannan was the, the, the one actor that I was so because I know who he is, and because Ken, yeah, you know, he's it's it's Ken Branagh, one of yeah. the finest actors England's ever produced, so yeah. to speak. So, um, yeah, oh man, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie.
0: So, I've got plenty of good things to say about it, sure, and I've, I think now that my I, wouldn't, I don't want to call it dislike of it but the, the reason that I focus on some negatives is because I felt like I'd only heard positives and it sounds like mm-hmm. you're focusing on some positives because yeah. you'd heard so many negatives but so perhaps I heard after I, the fact I hadn't heard
1: many I, negatives I, right well I'm about to, to give it. you some yeah <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> most of what I heard was nitpicking so well
0: maybe that's it maybe Are you maybe say my character thing was
3: nitpicking no 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 no.
1: maybe it
0: is nitpicking and that's, that's okay it, maybe it is yeah um so for me, really well put together film. Um, you can't deny that it looks great, it certainly sounds no. great. I would classify it, and this isn't me trying to say it's not a war film, obviously it's a war film, but it's it's a suspense thriller in my yeah. eyes. Sure. Now, when you say like everyone was captivated by it and at the end watch it all the way through to the end of the credits, I felt that way when I went to see it but it was almost like a moment of like, oh my God, what have I just been through? Like, I yeah, feel like yeah. I've been ready to have a heart attack this entire time. Mm, yeah. But mate, I felt the same way at the end of Bird Box because that is a suspense thriller that sure. uses music to keep you on Not the edge. Not to this level. Sure, I know, Never I know, will. I know. And I'm deliberately yeah, using that that as, a, yeah. as an insult. But my point is, if you can do that by... Probably music alone, uh, with so. with a little bit of fear of what could happen, right? But my biggest problem with it is is the scale, because whilst they may have used uh, you know incredible cameras that were able to capture so much, they th- they put three planes in there, yeah. and they put one boat, one battleship, and the civilian uh, sh- uh, boats that they showed, they maybe showed like two or three. But in reality, there was hundreds of no, there was of a lot.
1: Ships. It does shows way more than two or three civilian boats. Because there's that beautiful moment when Kenneth Banner starts tearing up. And he's like, what yeah. are you seeing?" seeing he's like, home. And it's the horizon is covered with ships. It's way more than that.
0: See if you can find me a I watched ships, it last night. I, I, I don't think you, you see that sort of scale. I mean, um, that's, but, but I mean, certainly I mean that's the way I remember In, it terms, of, in terms of battleships, yeah. um, of which you definitely only see one, uh, there was loads we had the biggest navy in the world at that point in terms of the amount of people that are on the beach they show about 50,000 people on the beach and then ask us to believe that there were 330,000 like, it was weird the, the way that. Admit. but the thing that hit home for me was the way that they did that it was like they showed these 30,000 people a couple of ships, a couple of planes I don't really have a problem with that it's just that they threw, threw it away with a line that just went we thought we were going to get 30,000 out and you know how many we got? 300. I agree. And I'm like what well, the fuck are you that, talking about? There like was no one there.
1: Because I, there I remember being there. like whoa I thought 50 would be like whoa suddenly 300,000 300, like where that I, that shocked me a little bit I was like oh okay And it shocked me the first time I watched it as well actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know so that, that just kind of annoyed me. There is some other things that I'll admit I don't understand and no one's yet given me a good explanation where I can go, okay, I really like that. But for example, the character uh, played by Tom Hardy. Yes. The pilot. The pilot. The way that it was portrayed, and I'm not so bothered about the historical inaccuracies that that are definitely evident if you look into it with regards to him flying that plane. Mm. But, for example, it seems to have like endless ammunition, whilst a Spitfire could pretty much take down one plane and then it had to go home, because right. it, it runs out of ammo after about 11 seconds worth of shooting. Um, forget about all that. At the end of it, he is protecting the, the guys on the, on the beach from the Luftwaffe, takes down a couple... <clears throat> he's lost all of his petrol. Mm. Incredibly emotional. I know that oh, kind of thing moment. happens. Yeah. Beautiful moment. Dan, there's a, isn't it? There's, a guy, there's a guy from uh, from Leeds who was the only person uh, from Leeds that got the uh, uh, Victoria Cross in the Second World War for flying planes, and he, he got shot in the face. He landed a, the plane and like he saved all his crew. Like unbelievable bla- bravery. But then he's gliding along. There's a load of people on the beach, but he decides to glide it a million miles away from them, land it, then just set it on fire and wait to get captured. Land it on the beach and escape with all your buddies, mate.
1: I felt... So I was thinking about that that moment, and I feel like he makes the choice about halfway through the film that he, you, know, he know, you know he's not going back, right? Mm. And you, that decision is literally as he decides to pull up to try and get this one last... Yeah. Like another plane, yeah, right? uh, Messerschmitt or whatever it is, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess those are fundamental questions that I I thought you were about to criticize when he takes the other Messerschmitt down and it's like a surprise moment. And I was like, gosh, that's a moment of joy in this, yes, horrible, ten- tension filled movie. Yeah. Um, why does he? I mean, I, I didn't question that in yeah. all honesty, I didn't, I I didn't... didn't care. I did, yeah, Finally. I didn't feel the need to have that kind of question for it. And I found, um, so, why did it destroy it? I guess not <laughs> to stop it from prev- falling into enemy hands. I get that felt that. believable to so me. I get yeah, that. So it wouldn't be, yeah, it wouldn't be that, that reused. Feels plausible. See, um, I went through a few things.
0: Because at first I thought, well, he doesn't want to bail out of this plane and parachute down to safety like he could have done. Because he doesn't want to destroy the plane. Yes. So I'm like, okay, that's, okay. That's, that's one way of thinking of it. So then it's like, well, I'll glide it to safety to preserve the plane. Oh, but then he destroys it to yeah. not fall into any hands. Okay, fine. And then I think, well, hang on, he's going to glide it down to safety. He's got a big, long beach on Dunkirk where everyone's getting rescued from. Turn it around. Just turn it around and land there. Maybe he couldn't. But anyway, he's yeah, I mean, run is, out of petrol. the point is, no, the, no. The, the character wasn't explored enough. He's, he's an enigma well, this, that I they don't go into. And that's what, I've got no idea what his motivations are. I don't know whether his brother was just killed in the war and he decided that he didn't want to live anymore. You've got no idea about anything to do with this guy's life, and you end up just confused about what his decisions are. So, uh, or I did. Anyway. Re- yeah. Rebuttal slightly
3: to to both those points. I think characterization, I I I get what you're saying,
0: and I don't disagree with it. I don't necessarily see. Thank it. you very much, and we're I ending don't... the discussion <laughs> on Dunkirk right
3: there. I don't see it necessarily as a negative because this isn't the type of film that requires that. So this isn't. This isn't the kind of film like it's and, not the you know, statement. I guess he's it's me. not the Saving Private Ryan, where we are following a group of people and we are going to learn about them. And there needs to be some necessary exposition. You know, the main character, the main young guy on the beach, barely says two words in the first forty to forty-five minutes. Yeah. Because what's what we're doing is we are parachuted in as an individual right in the middle of this conflict. We are walking along with four or five young men. Who are being attacked from behind and gunned down, why would they be talking to each other? Why would they give each other backstories? They're not, that's not the point of it. And so
1: there's a for me, there's there's a label. There's so many ways that they could characterize them even by even giving them even in the way like let's say downfall characterizes someone with a hand gesture, there's a simple hand gesture would be a way of you going, Oh, that's a tick about that character. There really wasn't yeah. enough of that in this movie, and I sure. get what you're saying. But there, you, you, I know what his intent. I feel like I know what his intent was, but there could have been Jesus, like with the the pilot, there could have been a, a one sequence where he literally, like a Captain America, looks at a photo of a girlfriend or something, just so I know something uh, about who this person is. Yeah, I don't know anything about them? But I I don't even know if that would.
3: That's not the the point of this. Is to is to literally be transported into the middle. You mentioned about this is like the the third act of a movie, all in or stretched I like it out yeah. and you don't get exposition in the third act of a movie there's, there's no need for it yeah. so what you're doing is you're jumping straight into a conflict and you're being taken along and yeah you know time frames are changed slightly you mentioned about there not being that many boats on the beach I just said you know some boats went backwards and forwards up to as five
0: times this is me being a dick this is actual photos of, of those bo- uh, boats colorized. This is Christopher Nolan's version. Come on! No,
1: no. that's not. That's the <laughs> wrong. You are point. correct. You are being a dick.
0: But you never see that.
3: Let's
1: get the film. But, but are you going mean, to see I, that? Get like, the phone up.
3: How long did That's your this, memory of it. How but... long did this thing take to, to to complete? How long did it take? You're not going yeah, to. You're not going to have thousands of boats coming at the same time at the same speed, then taking them back, then coming at the same speed. They're going to be coming a few at a time here, there, as sure. as often as you can. I'd
0: like to have seen maybe a hundred. At once, yeah
3: yeah, that but again, I, for me, I'm talking about having an experience about being in a situation that would have been as real as possible, that doesn't mean having character interplay where they're talking about girlfriends back home, that doesn't mean seeing the cavalry all happen and, and appear on the horizon at the same time. Oh, here comes Gandalf and his merry band of horses all at once. How brilliant is that?
1: this is, oh, but wait a second now, I mean this
3: this for happens. Me- in time, and the conversations that happen are as real as you would get if you were... It's realistic, to and it feels authentic, and, and
1: the, the the feeling... I said, you know, my number one was based on the fact that I was so emotionally engaged with it, right? Sure. I did not get that level of, like, like oh, like, my chest is being pressed with yeah. even, like, pride, other than in this movie as well with that sequence that you have a big problem where he's gliding over the yeah. beach and I was like, what, like, Jesus, I'm seeing real heroism oh, being portrayed here. that bit and got And that me. sequence and what is, is it Elgar? I, I forget yeah. what what piece of music it is integrated into the it's always score <laughs> but man alive, yeah. like, that made me feel actual swellings of pride yeah. which I'm quite averse to, I, I, I would normally True. say and I felt actual pride and tearful yeah. At that ending, especially with um, the one of the soldiers, is like we're, we're going to be ashamed. we should be ashamed. We've lost, and yeah. that I then found they really
0: get back. Actually.
1: And actually, no, it's like you know, despite in yeah. Churchill saying obviously what a cataclysmic yeah. failure it has been, but the elation of getting back, yeah. I felt that, and I didn't it need to know about girlfriends or any of that yeah. shit. Yes, I didn't need that in that moment because oh, thank God you're home.
3: Yeah, and so I think in the cold light of day. You can maybe look back on it and level a few criticisms that you might have. It's an
1: experience of a movie, at, no question. A but if you I take it for it
3: as it is, you know, if you if you don't try and relate it to what you might expect and just accept it for how it's delivered and why it's delivered,
0: yeah, um, then to me it's it's pretty flawless. It's a really good.
3: Can film. I? Um... It's a really
1: good film.
0: I don't want to because because it's not on my list. I feel like I have to put forward sure, the things that yeah, the why things that I don't it, like. It's uh, it's a really really good
1: film. I just want to throw one thing out there because I mean it's in my list and I really endorse this movie. The the time thing. Yeah. I felt like I just want to put it on the table as a discussion point in a way because I was almost like, Chris Nolan is obviously interested in time yeah, because it's in so. so many of his films. Very um, and the way that it is <laughs> done is very interesting. Is the way that they surpass each other. Yeah. And it's very fascinating. I just I'm not sure I understand the point of it.
0: Yes, I agree. It I'm not sure I know why. why is, what's the point? But also,
1: why not? Well, if it's why not, then what it's doing for me is um, lending itself to that. There is a lot of confusion for me. I was like, where am I? I feel like it's distorted. Yeah. I don't get it. And it's uncomfortable. And it actually added to that sense of, oh, I'm, this is such a pressure cooker. And it added to that sense of, the, I mean, I'm, for now me, that's why it's been done. Out, yeah. Which, yeah, that that could be why.
3: And Chris Nolan
1: is definitely, and this is what I love about yeah. him I know is exactly that he, what you're gonna he say. has no, he does not assume that we're idiots. Yeah, right. And yeah. He, he assumes and and a level me, of intellect. Yeah, and that for me is yeah. enough of a reason to put it in. But even so, well, I was sort of like, oh, I wonder what the boys' thoughts on that are. Because that's my feeling. I, well,
3: I love that about yeah. it. But my, my explanation of it on from more of a, uh, a logistical level is when you think about the time period, you, so you've got two hours to to, to tell your movie, um, purely in terms of speed, you know, you have a person on foot, how fast can they go? A boat, how fast can that go? A plane, how fast can that go? So in the time that it would take for a plane to get from X to Y, like if you spread this over a week like mm. you would do if you were showing the experience of the, the men on the beach, yeah. yeah. Then you're not going to show the plane until. Yeah. yeah. It's a great. That's a great. Two two minutes before the end, or the boat before 15 minutes before the end. So, what you're doing is you're showing the length of time that it would take these people to engage this experience and chopping it up so that you get an equal experience of each. What I loved on
1: second viewing as well is once you know, oh, that's the ship. Yeah. The, yeah, 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 you know, and like yeah. there's that it rewards a repeat viewing, which yeah. I hope you do do at some point. Yeah. Oh, I watched it, it does, last night. Oh, okay. Oh gosh, we all watched it last yeah. night. Yeah, I did. Well, I, watched it last night. I watched it yesterday day. Okay. And then I watched
3: same. Um, so. You got, I mean, Cillian Murphy for example. I mean, there's I assume, yeah, we un- un- not talked about anything. Never though. found out, but, um, isn't Yeah, and um, and the boy who I'm falls sure and, hits his head was, and there's yeah. there's little moments and little shocks that surprise you. And Nolan's
1: obviously in terms of character
3: and then it starts sinking. Maybe. Nolan's
1: obviously making a point out of that lack of characterization as I'm saying, you know. Yeah, and chances yeah. are his intent was make a third act film all in one go because he yeah. I don't think there's anyone that surpasses him in terms of set pieces. No. It's one long ass set yeah. piece yeah. essentially. And I I, I thought it's fantastic. Yeah. Loved it.
0: Okay, one final movie. This one, finally, we all agree on. Other than Saving Private Ryan, this is the only one that all three of us put inside our top five lists. It's Inglorious
2: Bastards. And our battle plan will be that of an Apache resistance. We will be cruel to the Germans. And through our cruelty, they will know who we are. And they will find the evidence of our cruelty. And the disemboweled, dismembered, and disfigured bodies of their brothers we leave behind us. And the German won't be able to help themselves. But imagine the cruelty their brothers endured at our hands. And our boot heels. And the edge of our knives. And the German will be sickened by us. And the German will talk about us. And the German will fear us. And when the German closes their eyes at night, and they're tortured by their subconscious for the evil they have done. It will be with thoughts of us that they are tortured with. Sound good? Yes, sir. That's what I like to hear. But I got a word of warning for all you would-be warriors. When you join my command, you take on debit. A debit you owe me, personally. Each and every man under my command owes me one hundred nazi scalps and i want my scalps and all y'all will get me 100 nazi scalps taken from the heads of 100 dead nazis or you will die trying and an, in- an interesting
1: so, one to go out on it's so funny that this is such the a different tone yeah, like, of movie we've trudged through so much like hard, mm. where yeah, yeah, infants have been murdered. Well, you know, there is seen a the lot of, kind of Hitler, in the... Malnutrition and like hard, ethically, morally challenging content, yeah. and then and you fucking get... oh, Tarantino now comes in. We and...
0: want some scouts. Yes. <laughs> now yeah. I
1: want to see Hitler <laughs> murderized <laughs> in the face. Ah! <laughs> it, yeah!
3: yeah. Everything that we've talked about, Tarantino just takes it and hoovers it. I want to like, see the bear Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, so this, is, so one of the things that I Incredible. think is important to mention, but I don't want us to go too far into spoiler territory. Ah, yeah. oh, you know what? Screw them. Yeah. Let's spoil this. So this is yeah, spoilers, this mother. is a World War Two film that has some historical accuracies. <laughs> And some very not historical accuracy. When you say
3: historical accuracy, you mean the fact that there were British and Germans fighting each other. Uh, As about, yeah.
0: It says what is it? um,
1: Once upon a time in Nazi-occupied France is how it begins, which is such a lyrical opening to a film, and it instantly says, "This is what you're about to see." I don't
0: mind spoiling the end because the film's not really about this. But they kill Hitler. Yeah, like they they do it, and the film is is uh, is not really about that. It's about telling this incredible story that happens to be set during World War II. Well, now, it's like
3: any Tarantino film, really. It's a, it's a collection of incredible people doing incredible and sometimes ridiculous things mm. and how they intertwine with each other and how they, yeah. you know... It, well, they even break
0: the film up there, don't they? Yeah, Has it's it in chapters, parts, yeah, yeah. chapters. It's one, classic One thing that Tarantino, is, uh, I, I'm a massive fan of um, is the... Uh, the, the cap. Tarantino does it a lot, doesn't he? Where he yeah. pays homage to certain things that he loves. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say this, and I'm going to let you two talk about it for a while. The uh, scene in the bar where they're uh, they're playing the game. Yeah. Oh, with man. the things on the on the, on the forehead. forehead. <laughs> it's like what a scene.
1: This is yeah. the thing about Tarantino. Now I've got both a love a love for him, and also I have issues with him. But I do not think there is anyone finer at individual scenes and for me the opening scene is there is nothing finer out of all of these films than that sequence for me Um, the opening sequence um, that is played out in multiple um, languages is some of the most tension filled cinema you can really get and it's engaging you know, Christoph Waltz kind of emerged onto our screens oh, with yeah, this movie, and he One is explosion. seductive and sexy and evil and awful and so many things that and charismatic, and intelligent, oh, and yeah, and he's manipulative, yeah, man, and like mischievous, so many things. And that's what is great about this movie. This it's fun, man. It's the yeah. most fun of, of all of these yeah. films, in my opinion. It's fun and engaging. Dave, me and you watched it together. We did, and we were like. Oh shit this is like could be number 1 Yeah, like, this is number 1 territory. Yeah. I think it's, it's my it's up there. It's my it's second this was number 2 for me. Yeah. So um really if you haven't seen it it is an additional you know it's a high rated for a Tarantino movie yeah. movie in in my opinion. So um, so there's a heck of a lot to like and that sequence that you're talking about there Dave um, again, multiple languages, yeah. and the reveal of who's the actor? the Michael name. Fassbender. So the reveal of Michael Fassbender, kind of going out in the Queen's old chap. Yes. Like, oh, so, it's so good.
3: God. You know what's crazy about that scene is is how long it actually yeah. is, mm. and you know Tarantino has a habit of doing this. He likes to really eke as much out of a scene. I mean, he throws all sorts into it. Um, one thing about Tarantino, which uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll have a, a longer discussion on at some point, he I, I feel like he's at, he does his best work when he's reined in from the majority of his impulses. Yeah. So he has such a vast mind for what he wants to achieve. And when he's restricted, he tends to pull out something that is a little bit more refined. And what you found with his earlier works was they are incredibly... Um, incredibly tight and controlled and when they got much more expansive with Pulp Fiction for example he then went a little bit crazier and when he hit Death Proof yeah. it then didn't do particularly well and so Inglorious was the first one that he did after that and so he, he kind of reined himself in a little bit more and he's what kind he of expanded a little bit more from there
1: he said about that that the Death Proof experience was it's the first time his audience his fans yes. didn't come, go with him on the yeah. journey Interesting. and, and with this was once... the first one coming back yeah he really he really sharpened up and he's
3: loosened up more with the subsequent films but this one was the sharpest. There was only one
1: scene a in it a while that I was film. like I would cut that out. Do you yeah. remember there was one sequence yeah, where yeah, and right. it's just I'd said to you there's one in scene the in theater. I, just there's one movie scene theater where a David Bowie track is playing I just like I just cut that out and I, I just want someone to go Quentin. Yeah. Just take it out man. Yeah. That, that's all I ever want with yeah. him. And yeah. Hit for Eight is, I think it's still his latest movie. Yes. I loved And yeah. honestly, there was nothing in it I would cut because he limited himself to one, like a scene. A yeah. like, very stage mm. play type movie. And because he'd been, had that self enforced limitation, he'd come out with one yeah. of his finest films, in my opinion. Mm. With this, there was only that one sequence, where I was like, oh, cut that out. Cut that out, and it's one of his finest pieces of work. I think.
0: Yeah. So, jumping back to the bar scene real quick, yes. I've totally forgotten the name of, uh, of the movie that it's based on. Uh, so, if any of you guys know, that would be great. Oh, <laughs> but I was just going through my notes. Tap on my notes, I couldn't, right? couldn't remember But anyway, um, it's, it's based on a film where uh, a similar thing is happening. So, there's an American that has infiltrated the German ranks and is pretending to be a, a German. And they catch him because of the way that he cuts his food. So he cuts his steak up into small pieces, puts down his knife, and then eats it. And they realize that no German would do that, so he must be an American. Uh, Tarantino switches it to be uh, how he does his three three fingers fingers for for three drinks. Um, And I just think, considering that it is stealing from another film... (laughs) Totally updated it and oh yeah, I guess really oh I guess literally what you do. Yeah, but like totally works. It then becomes this homage piece. But that whole sequence, when when you think about how someone builds tension and that kind of thing, as far as I'm aware, there's no music or like score underneath it doing it. Is all just about the jeopardy that's in play there. Um yeah, Yeah. I absolutely love it. And he takes
3: he takes you on a roller coaster. But there's still that 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 sense of fun so oh much fun yeah. he, he, that's, that's the thing in terms of the jeopardy he, he, he swings between feeling tension and then feeling like you've got away with it uh, and then something happens with a little bit of comedy or a couple of quips or someone falls over drunk <laughs> yeah. or comes and interrupts and then
0: it swings back again you, you never know where it's going to go there's one funny thing that I find about that scene I know that Andy wants to say something <laughs> there's one funny thing that I find about that scene the the uh, top German officer that's there has as his glass uh, a boot. It's a boot glass, Mm, which is very popular in Germany, or certain parts of Germany. But I like the thought, not only is he the um, only person there drinking from a boot, which already is funny to ludicrous, but it's the thought that he's brought that from home (laughs) because they're in a French bar (laughs) that wouldn't have it. But he's gone like, oh, no, I'd like my food, please. So he then, like, takes it to the bar. He must have handed it over, like, fill this up for me. And then sits there in a corner drinking from it. I just love the thought of that. uh, Andy, I know you want to say something.
1: We are just talking about funny moments and we yeah. haven't mentioned Brad Pitt yet. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I think maybe Fury suffered slightly because I was so, still enamoured from yeah, yeah. having watched his performance in this. But at a certain point towards the, near the end of the film or like the third act, they have to impersonate Italians. Oh. and it's, I, I, it's just I, like, I speak the most Italian. <laughs> I mean, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. It yeah. would be like if me, us three, had to impersonate Italians. Yeah. But even more offensive yeah. than that.
0: And then the fact that they, oh, it shows and off accent- more of Christoph Waltz as well. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, and Christoph Waltz is like, he is just. He's this, ludicrous in this. He's... I mean, he. It's, you know, it's before, I think I'm sort of almost bored of his performance now. Not in this film, but I just mean, he's now cast yeah, yeah. in so many films as this sexy sort of like. He's given villainous. the same thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I want him to break out from that now, but this movie. Did he win an Oscar for this movie? He did. Because um, I mean, he needs to have done. Was, because was it's, it this? Or was it it's unforgettable... Was it? It was either this or he was giving it for Django. Right. It wouldn't surprise me. Which was kind of almost Django. like a. But again, by then I was like, oh, it's of it's the two... two roles together. almost. Yeah. It felt like
3: certainly when it when I watched it. So time. many
1: great, just uh, what is it when it's like golami Yeah. He's <laughs> like yeah. saying it in this. Pretend. Yeah. <laughs> Gorami. Gorami. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like and Christopher Waltz is like one more time, please. Can you just say that one more time? Yes. Just, is it like repetitive or something? Ah oh,
3: like On such the, a fun movie. There's the, but, and talk about tension. There's I literally just thought of it. The Guys, moment when
0: he won Best Supporting Actor for both for in Harris can yes. oh, and Kango Uncane.
3: There's the moment where so Shannon comes in, so the the girl that eludes capture at the very beginning. Shoshana, yeah. And she's gone and whatever, and then she's working at the cinema and and she's brought in by these these German officers to this table of people who are discussing this film that she's gonna put on at a cinema. And Hans Lander comes in and he starts oh, eating yeah, yeah. cake. Oh yeah. And he starts talking about cream and milk, which mm. is a throwback to the first scene. Yeah. And he, at I that I still point, don't know whether he knew No, I don't think he does. I think that's no. I think it's just his character. I think he just was that kind of. Mm. He has certain things that he likes to he do. He is and definitely say, plausibly so... a
1: Nazi in that, isn't he? Like you're like, yeah. whoa, you're evil! Like yeah, gosh, yeah. you are. Yeah. Of all of he the, loves ra- chaos, thrives loves it, in the environment, that, that it.
0: Yeah, that Nazi oh, Germany gave and him,
1: yeah. it gives you the sort of cath- satisfactory catharsis that downfall cannot give you. Yeah. By literally, he gets carved up, uh, yeah. or. Hitler yeah. gets, like, really brutally gunned and the guys that are doing it die yes. laughing, yeah. encased in flames, right. and you're like, F-
0: yeah. yeah! Yeah. Well, you know what? In- interesting, because obviously, um, I guess historically, you'd have to say that there's a a a, a large case we made of, of that Jewish people are always going to look like victims in, mm. in World War Two films, because, um, you know, other than the fact that there was, you know, many cases of um, Jewish resistance and whatnot, they were the biggest uh, single victims of the war yeah. in, in, in terms of, you know, loss of life and that kind of thing. However, this film gives you a, a sort of badass mm. Jewish unit that just went out there terrorizing Nazis, yes. yeah. and that feels good somehow. Yeah, it does. Somehow.
1: Yes, it does. It's probably not healthy, but <laughs> it's probably not, like, showing personal yeah. growth. But, like, Tarantino was just like, you know what, like, that's satisfactory. I'm yeah. going to provide them with this bloodletting. Because that's what, he is an entertainer. Like, he likes doing that. So, you know, really fun movie. And a total, you know, revelation amongst this list of, like, somewhat heavy hitters, I would yeah, say. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, a lot of fun.
1: Loved it. So. You, you,
0: there's, there's probably more to talk about, but oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's so I know it's fun. Like,
1: I just, just want you to go, go watch, watch it, it. Just, yeah. Like, you've probably seen it already, go and watch it again, yeah, because it's brilliant. You'll
0: forget, Mike, uh, Mike Myers,
1: yes, Mike Myers, character. yeah,
0: so funny, guys. This, this is the time where we have the difficult task now trying Ooh. to figure out what is our definitive top five. <laughs> so, what the hell are we gonna do? I think we all agree Dunkirk is out.
1: So. That's a okay, cake. Okay. <laughs> hey. You, something you bitch?
2: I think this just might be my masterpiece. Okay, guys, we have finally
0: fought it out. We have come up Ooh. with our definitive <laughs> top five list. Andy, in at number five.
1: Number five,
3: Downfall.
0: Number four, Hacksaw Ridge. At number three, Dunkirk.
1: And number two, Those Inglorious
0: Bastards. (laughs) And at number one, (laughs) the one that changed it all, Saving Private Ryan. Perfect. Huh.
3: Yeah. it wasn't
1: always going to be private Ryan it wasn't one. it wasn't and it was and, and actually, really touch and go I think.
0: wanted to not have that. me too I didn't
1: normal. want to like it as much yeah. as I did yeah. you know the
0: the thing that the thing that I have uh, learnt from this um is that you've got to re-watch these films before yeah, passing judgment Andy would you agree with that
1: yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy just put a crisp in his mouth so well, I <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah There's the thing is, your memory of something. So for me, Private Ryan was still, I hadn't rewatched it since we did the Spielberg episode. And I think I had issues with it back then that I don't now have. I think the fact that it feels like such a, that it changed so many things, hangs around its neck a little bit as well, which Mm. is why I almost had a chip on my shoulder about putting The Great Escape in or putting something that doesn't necessarily fit what our view of a war movie should be like anymore. But readdressing it and just forgetting all of that and just going, let's watch it. I was like, no, undeniably, it's my number one. It has to be because it's just that good.
0: Guys, to round off, because of the somber tone of this, I don't want to end on us begging you to buy our merchandise. Oh, go or to website, go to the website, yeah, five-hard. Yeah, five-hard. Anything <laughs> like that. We, we're not... We're not gonna do that because it would be disrespectful. That would be crap. I'll tell you what I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna say that Tom Hanks died so that you would buy our merchandise. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, and I won't do that. Um, but what I will say mass- it, it would be massively disrespectful. You need to <laughs> earn it is earn the life that we have got. Yes. We're able to go out and buy merch. Well beautiful. your word's not mine. That's a beautiful um, end. Thanks very much. And uh, we'll see you next time. And good luck.
1: F*** Hitler. Yeah, (laughs) f*** Hitler. (laughs) F*** Hitler. (laughs) F*** Hitler. Dan, I I think we can all agree on that.